0: Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always good to have you here with us in the studio.
1: It's such a nice day. Let's play too.
0: Sounds good. It's also great to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Father, welcome as always.
2: Glad to be here now that the season has begun.
0: Well, and that brings me to my point. We're about a week out from May, Major League Baseball's opening day. And Father, since we can't afford to hire a sports commentator, we thought we'd ask you to help us get ready for the baseball season. So give us your season picks.
2: Happy to do so. My picks are it's going to be a great season.
0: Well, we paid enough money for Bryce Harper. It better be, so. <laughs> I won't go off on that rant. I did in a column, which you can find on CatholicPhilly.com under the spirituality section. Baseball, though, for all the kidding, can be, as you were saying, Father, in a previous conversation, a way to actually access the holy.
2: Oh, I think, and I've said publicly, even in a speech at the National Baseball Hall of Fame, that baseball and religion go together like the proverbial hand in the glove. There's certainly aspects of a religiousness to all sports that sort of transcending the individual working towards a team goal, striving after success, all of that can be equated with the drive to better oneself in religious terms. But baseball is special in terms of, I think, its religious contours. I mean, if you think about it, the lines of play, the foul lines, as it were, there's no end to that, theoretically. Uh, It extends in space for all time. The foul poles upward, again, there's no limit to those. There's a sense of eternity in those kinds of things. All of the of of the game revolves around home. Uh, We don't call it fourth base, and that's on purpose. Everything starts at home and everything comes back home again. It was the former baseball commissioner, Bart Giamatti, who wrote poetically about these sorts of things. And then also, and this might take a long speech to explain, so I won't give you the whole explanation, one of the unique characteristics of baseball, and I think the most religious dimension to the game, is the idea of sacrifice. It's the only sport that enshrines sacrifice as a play, as a statistic, as a feature of the game. Now, the modern day statisticians will argue with me that it's totally unimportant, but I think it's actually critically important because it signals what the game's about.
0: And for those who don't know what a sacrifice is, and that would be me because I'll be very honest, I'm usually the one who's in line for ice cream when the Phillies (laughs) make their best plays. What exactly is a sacrifice in baseball?
2: Put quite simply, it's when the batter gives himself up by making an out in order to advance a base runner or to score the base runner. So it's one person giving himself up for the good of the team. That very simple notion, which is critical to the play of the game, is also, I think, critical to our religious approach to life.
1: One of the things that has always struck me about baseball is its parallels with religious ritual. And we as Catholics are very imbued with this sense of ritual with our liturgy. You enter a ballpark, and the first thing you see, of course, is the concourse. But you make your way down into the stadium, where the green of the field strikes you. It's kind of like entering church. You're coming from the outside into this special place that's set apart. It looks different. It feels different than your normal life. The only game like it in sports is also like liturgy in that it has no clock. It is a time outside of time, and it has movement to it. There's nine innings, but there's an up and a down. There's the first half of the inning and the bottom half of the inning. You have a lot of similarities like that. There's the word, as we announce the name of the players every time they make a play. The name is very important in Judeo-Christian history. There are a lot of similarities like that. The sacrifice is a great one. This teamwork of, on a very small scale, the pitcher and the catcher, they're working together to try to get a batter out. When the batter puts the ball in play, there's a team behind the pitcher trying to make the out. On offense, there's just trying to move the guy along, move from one base to the other. So if there's a man on first, my job is simply to move him to second. So we have a great sense of teamwork there and everyone has a role. So these liturgical parallels, you could take it too far, of course, but that's the fun of the thing.
2: Exactly. And of course, the creators of the game and the managers of the game had none of that in mind in terms of designing a liturgical event on a field. But it resonates with that spiritual or religious dimension that is built into human life. That notion of seeking a common good and not just my own. That notion of sacrifice. That notion of the eternity of space and time and not limited. The place itself, the paradise that is the field. A friend of mine, the first time we went to Camden Yards in Baltimore, we walked in, he saw it, he genuflected.
0: (laughs) It was just just a natural reaction. Was he a priest? No, not at all. He he
2: was was a devotee of the game. Even the of Fame itself. There was a professor at another college that I was working with who described it in terms of church. It's the one place where people walk in and there are shrines to all of the players, the saints of the game, that's if right. you will, and everybody is quiet. And there's absolute silence in the place because of this sense of reverence and devotion and tradition. And all of those things are wrapped up in the game, even when most fans are not thinking in those terms. It's kind of built into who we are.
0: And that's part of us as human beings. And it's interesting because we are not meant, even in the fullest expression of our faith, to constantly live in church, that there is a place in our lives for sports, that this is part of a continuum of being Mm -hmm. that God has intended for us.
2: Very much so. And I think that's what the Holy Father has in mind in setting up the office for sports at the Vatican, that it is part of family life, that the opportunities that we have to learn from sports, to learn virtue, the opportunities that we have to give witness to virtue and to teamwork and to effort and to getting up after you've fallen down, all of those things, are religious dimensions to life. And we have many more opportunities in the things that we do in daily life, such as sports, to be religious, to give witness to what we believe than the moments that are specifically devoted to worship.
1: One of the things also, as Gina mentioned, we're going to start the Major League Baseball season end of March, early April. And we're going to start that almost daily journey through the spring, through the summer, with somewhat of an eye towards the end of October, during the World Series, what we've been playing for all season long. We don't think about that in April, but it's there, so our destination is in mind. And one of the things that's always struck me about a team that wins a championship, whether it's the Phillies, the Eagles, Villanova, basketball, is the joy that a game like this can bring about in so many people. I really can't think of anything else where there's such a spontaneous, over-the-top expression of joy than a sports championship.
2: Sure, just listen to the announcers. We all know Harry Callis. It's beautiful. But I think there's another element to the joy than simply the ecstasy of the moment of winning a game or a championship. And that's the idea that no matter what happened in yesterday's game, we're going to play tomorrow. And no matter what happens in this season, we're going to be back out here next spring. That ability to learn from your mistakes, to get up and try again, and always to start over. I think that's the internal dynamic that gives people a joy and a hope. Sure, we're only in March at this point, and we're looking ahead towards October. But right now, we're practicing and gaining the discipline and seeing what moves we have to make. And it's the same thing we're doing in the Lenten season. We're practicing discipline, and we know what the end goal is. Is in our minds, which is Easter, and we're moving towards that, and we're going to fail. We're going to get up again and keep going, and ultimately, we win. Not because of what we do in a religious dimension, but of course, because of what God has done for us.
0: Now, to apply some of that to our faith life, we had Father Frank Berner from LaSalle University here in the studio a few months back who gave a podcast on if liturgy were like an Eagles game. How can we capture some of that joy that we bring to these sporting events and bring it back to liturgy and vice versa, bring the love and the respect that we cultivate through our faith life into the sports arena. These two should flow together naturally, shouldn't they?
2: That'd be great. I was going to suggest having a dog and a beer on Sunday morning. (laughs) That's probably not a good idea. No, the notion that when we come together at church, that we are all in this together. We probably take the same seats every time we come into Mass, just like you do when you're going to a game. You get to know the people who are around you. You come for a common purpose. Your gestures, your movements, your thoughts are all directed in church towards the liturgy of the Word and the Eucharist, just as they are all directed towards the action on the field. We can draw a lot of parallels, but I think primarily it's this notion of coming together, to do and to celebrate what's bigger than us. I think that's the really common link.
1: I think also what enhances maybe the enjoyment of it or how it affects you on a deeper level is your own participation in it. So if we review the readings of the Mass before we go, that helps our participation. If we actively engage in the songs, really listen to what the priest is saying with the prayers, that's going to really enhance our participation. The same with baseball. If you're paying attention to the situation on the field, where are the runners? What's the pitch count? What's the overall strategy here? That makes the enjoyment throughout it so much better.
2: I think you're absolutely correct. And you mentioned the key word, which is attention. Francis de Sales, who unfortunately never knew baseball basically said that to be holy we have to first pay attention to what we're doing this is going to church on sunday is not like going to anywhere else so pay attention but also direct our intention why am i there what am i intending to do i do the same with baseball games i have to pay attention it's a very demanding sport in terms of your mind and paying attention but it's also what am i trying to do in this given situation you know every player has something to do in the game so that combination of attention and intention works in the realm of holiness as well as it does in sports
0: so whether we're on the ball field or in the pew it's time to play ball yes it is thank you father thomas daly always good to have you in the studio i hope you'll come back soon i will
2: as soon as the game's over
0: <laughs> god bless and for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you.
1: This episode of Inside Catholic Philly is sponsored by the Basilian Spirituality Center. The Basilian Spirituality Center, located in Jenkintown, was founded in 2000 to bring Christ's praying, healing, and and life-giving presence to all God's people. Rooted in the spirituality of St. Basil, the center is a hub for Catholic activity in the Philadelphia area. Our spring 2019 program schedule includes an open house on January 30th, a retreat for caregivers on March 23rd, and faith formation meetings on Tuesday evenings during Lent. Find us on Facebook or at stbasils.com.
0: This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com, music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.